Hello guys, welcome back to the Trekway. It's been a hot minute. I'm Trev. That's Gray. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, welcome, welcome. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone. I feel I've got to say that. Yep. Happy Holidays. Not everyone celebrates so, so, so Christmas the same. So Happy Holidays. Because even if you don't like Christmas, you still get time off work. Hopefully. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, hope you all got like some good Trek presents. You know, there are. The I usually do. I, I, they, they used to do the ornaments every year. I don't know if they're still doing that. Trek, I've done it for years over here. Trek theme presents. Um, I meet up with a couple of close friends of mine. Um, they listen to this podcast show, uh, Joyce and Roger, and they both love Star Trek. Um, my friend Roger's a big Deep Space Nine guy. My friend Joyce is a big Voyager gal. Um, so every year we'll meet up. At, well, we meet up several times, but at Christmas we'll meet up for some drinks and and swap some presents and they're small presents they're not like huge presents Craig. they're like uh just like just thoughtful presents rather than a mm-hmm. monetary value and not every christmas but some christmas it's star trek themed i've had a little miniature key ring of spock given to me i've had a star trek mug given to me i've had uh i've got the ncc 1701 reg plate that's up on my wall so i've had little some nice so if anyone's had some nice christmas star trek gifts tell me below in the comments gray have you had nice star trek christmas gifts um occasionally i mean one time i had a star trek ornament another time which, which i thought was pretty cool this is years ago it was a keychain a little black thing on the attached to a keychain and on the black thing had eight buttons Mm-hmm. And each button you hit was a, was something from Star Trek, some kind of clip from Star Trek, Phaser Fire, or Beam Me Up, Scotty, or something like that. I thought that was cool, and I used to I used to put that on my keys, and I wore it out to death till it finally broke. <laughs> Sounds like great. So now, when you say to clear this up, I only found out this found out this recently. When you say ornament, are you meaning an ornament on your mantelpiece, or what you would call well, it's an a, ornament they, that goes on a Christmas tree? And it's an ornament that was. Uh, technically meant for a Christmas tree, but people will collect these ornaments. Got and you. if you have some of the originals that first came out years ago, they're worth some money. Right, that makes sense. Uh, because we call them baubles here for the things right. that go on trees. So how do you say, how do you tell the difference? If you say, I'm getting an ornament, how will your fellow Americans know if you're talking about on the tree or on your mantelpiece or your units or your whatever? I mean, generally speaking, an Context. ornament is is more meant for tree than anything else that doesn't mean an ornament can't be something else other than put on a christmas tree but generally speaking when you hear ornaments it tends to be you don't put them on your mantelpiece no the only thing that uh, i mean i i don't being jewish we do hanukkah but but generally speaking people do put wreaths on their door right yeah they might put a, a wreath on their in their house and so i've seen people hang ornaments on the wreath as opposed to the tree or both you know, whatever. Does it need to be Christmas themed? I mean, like a normal little old fashioned ornament that's non Christmassy, not at Christmas time on your mantelpiece versus something that goes on your tree. I'm like, how do you tell the difference of those? So, context. I mean, if I had something, if I had the, all the Trek ornaments, I probably, with the box, because it's worth more with the box, 
I probably would have the boxes with the ornaments inside all displayed because they're pretty cool. You know, I mean, they, they back then they did the original Enterprise. They did the Galileo 7. They did a few other things. And the originals of those are worth, I don't know what now, probably quite a lot because it's been very many, a lot of years. I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, I, I, he, I don't think he's fully understand what I was asking. I don't think he's fully answered my question either. I, I think I've confused. People in the UK the will know what I'm talking about. We put things in the mantelpiece. About the fireplace? People, yeah, fireplace, mantelpiece. People put little nice ornaments, yeah. nice little statues yeah, yeah. and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do you, how do you yeah. tell the difference? You can't. If you say to my friend, I'm, I'm yeah. buying an ornament, but are you putting it on the tree or are you putting it somewhere else? I think it's the time of year. It's context, mate. I think it's context. Yeah. Ornaments yeah. tree on the mantle are more like, uh, I don't know what you call them, but they tend Ornaments. to be. No, no. Actually, they tend to be like scenes. Like it could be like a little houses or, you know, things like that that are lit up and things and candles, right? True. Candles. Yeah. Okay. That stuff goes on the mantle, but the ba- the actual ornament balls, other crap that hang on the tree, that's all tree stuff. Never do that again, Gray. Um, sorry we are massively on a a major tangent we haven't even told you the theme of today's show it just sounds like us it sounds like the trek where nothing's i mean it's going to be a shorter episode than usual anyway so we we may as well talk crap for a little bit we think never know yeah well no true there there is right so there's six starships on this list we've done something similar before which i'm going to like below and it'll be Mm -hmm. at the end of the video it'll be the what YouTube selects as the next best video, I'm going to intervene and put our Grey and I's favourite starship list that we had from way back, uh, mm-hmm. near the start of the Trekway. Um, so it's a similar kind of idea, but today we thought we... There was an article, and I'm going to give full credit to the article here, I'm not, so I don't want to be accused of plagiarism when we're actually borrowing that idea from this website. Um, it's an article from GameRant.com. Uh, and I'll link that below as well. Uh, the six most powerful Federation starships ranked in order, right? And it's a good yeah. idea. I, Gray put that on a couple of ranked lists a while ago. And we kind of dip in and out and take them. I tend to not like doing them too often because uh, I don't want to feel like I'm just going, and a number five, and a number four. Yeah. But this is a good one to cover. Mm. Um, and... One, a couple, well, actually, probably half the starships are in our favourite list, actually. So we can correlate them together, Gray, and um, we'll see what's what. So the idea being, start from six, count down to the most powerful. Uh, My baby is only about halfway down the list. I am pissed off about that. It should be way closer (laughs) to the top. Uh, But I'm actually going to read a little blurb from um, each starship, right? And then we'll just briefly talk about it. If we remember it in any particular episodes, Gray, uh, what we think about it, what we like, what we dislike, that kind of thing, you know. Um, so, yeah, we'll just start uh, at number six. Sound like the chart show for Christmas time, don't we? In number six, please, we have the Akira <laughs> class. Days of Trek. <laughs> yeah, may as well be. Yeah, I, I, I've heard versions of that. They're, they're not good. Um, the Akira class. Now, I'll read a little blurb about that, and then we'll discuss it. So, the Akira class of Federation starships is a mighty one. And unlike most starships under Federation control, it was made with the thought of war in mind. During production, the hostilities um, with the Cardassian Union prompted the creation of a speedy battleship. 
However, during the creation of the Akira class, the Federation become, became more aware of potential Borg invasion and sped things up. Brought into service in 2368, the Akira class um, has been seen in Deep Space Nine and Star Trek First Contact. Star Trek Eight, yeah. Uh, examples of this ship type include the USS Akira, of course, the USS Geronimo. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what Matt Smith's Doctor Who says. Um, and even the USS James T. Kirk. What? There's a starship named... Oh, wow. Okay, we're going to circle back to that one, Gray. Major differences from other Federation ships include a high number of torpedo bays and a large shuttle bay, which enabled the Akira-class ships to be fighter carriers. Gray, USS James T. Kirk, do you know about this? Discuss. Yeah, I don't think we've really ever seen it, but I've heard that I've heard the name thrown around. Wow. We don't. We didn't. We didn't see enough of the Akira in Star Trek at all, to be honest. I mean, yes, we did see some in Deep Space Nine, which was cool, and we saw some in First Contact. And then you get like little things here and there, like I, you might spot an Akira in a, a Star Trek Picard when they were showing the scene of all the ships, you know, flying in or being around. Um, I always loved the Akira. The only reason I even knew about the Akira long ago was because I played the, the uh, Star Trek Armada game, which came out in the early... So well, good, doesn't it, Gray? Early 90s, I guess early 90s. I love whatever. that game. Oh, no, early 2000s, early 2000s. And the Akira class was in there, and as well as a bunch of other class ships that you could play in the game. And I really liked the Akira class a lot. I mean, as, as far as a, a, a true uh, battleship, that would be the... Uh, that you would need in some kind of armada. And your Kira just looks cool, and it's loaded for bear, so it's it's coming at you with everything. Um, in fact, if you, in my mind, if you're gonna field a, a you know, a, a battle, a bunch of ships, I would have a, I would have generally a lot of Akiras followed by a lot of Defiant class, because between the Akira and the Defiant, you're gonna be mopping up a lot, you know, which is great. And then you just have the bigger ships in the back throwing with their weight around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's the way I would do it. It's that's different I attack it wings, isn't it? Yeah. You have different squadrons yeah. of different types of ships, just like you do in the army and the navy. It's the same in Starfleet, you know. That's why I used to have fun on the uh, on Armada because Armada, you would ha- I would make my my uh, my complement of ships that that way. And then in the also, what you never really saw much at all, and I don't even know if it's in this list to be honest, was the Steamrunner class and. It's not on the list, no, but it's it's a similar kind of idea as Akira, yeah. yeah. In the Armada game, they used the Steam Runner for long-range weapons, so you basically could set out a powerful weapon on a long path. Uh, so you would have them generally sitting in the back, you know, firing off long-range weapons and yeah. your other ships and stuff. And I, and I always wondered if we would ever see one of those in, in track on TV or, or movies, and we never really did. We're lucky we saw the Akira, but the Akira is a sharp ship, man. I love that ship. I think it's, it's fantastic. I um, really like it. It it looks it it looks a little bit like a Reliant class. Um, is it Reliant class? No. Is yeah, it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is is it Reliant class or that's the name of the ship? It's no, the one Akira from Star Trek Two. Star Trek Two: The Wrath of the Can. Um, with yeah. the it's got the. I don't know if you can um, certain classes of ship, but see either this one and or the Steam Runner. You can swap modules in and out. It makes it very customizable starship, depending on what you actually want to do with it. It's got a kind of, and I'll, I'll the the this link will be in the the show notes, so you can go and see these for yourself. 
it's got a like a reliant type bar along the top and in the middle there's the uh, photon uh, 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 launchers in there so you can th- take things in and out pack it with more teeth if you want it to plus mm-hmm. uh, it's more compact and flat so one of the important things is a flat thin contact and small is a lot harder to hit than say a galaxy class or something um, sure. and it looks pretty impressive it's a lot more smaller and nimble I'll be honest, Gray, I didn't know about this one as much during my Trek career, Trek following career. Um, mm-hmm. I do remember seeing it in First Contact because I think it was that ship at the end, and I may be wrong here, at the end of the fight with the cube that literally, as uh, Enterprise comes in and saves the day, it, you see ships getting destroyed left, right, and center, and then you see uh, this uh, ship fly away and I think it's an Akira. If it's not an Akira, it's a Steam Runner, uh, because it's more uh, solid and uh, packs a punch. Along with the Enterprise and the other ships that were there, it just absolutely demolished that cube. Um, I'm not as a fan of it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm going down this list. I don't agree with most of what's in this list, and I'll say why as we go through. Does the Akira deserve to be in that list? Maybe just in sixth place. Maybe I don't begrudge that um we didn't see it enough you're right greg we did not see it enough i don't remember how many episodes of deep space nine it was in but it was definitely prominent in that because it was made with the the dominion war in mind um right. and obviously a borg threat wasn't quite going away the sped up the design of it and uh, that along with define and steam runner were some of the more advanced ships for the um, the fleet um, but yeah so Akira class very decent ship I would like a little model of it I don't have one unfortunately so yeah, I know. Um, also to remember the list is most powerful not most liked per se so in other words like we are when we did our list before we were going on what we liked the best true. this is strictly only power true but but without spoiling what's the number one place mate um that's kelvin universe which i we can't stand at all but that, that, that's why i kind of partly disagree but Agree. but yeah um powerful if if yeah in terms of power levels it, it might be accurate but yeah so akira class that's number six in the list there um and maybe i would agree with that to be fair it is a nice little starship uh number five this is disgraceful gray I, who do I write to? Who do we get an appeal against? <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. And only fifth place is the Defiant class. And I'll read a little blurb and then I will rip someone a new one for blasphemy against my baby. Um, the Defiant class and the USS Defiant had intriguing build history. Initially, these ships began construction during the Borg threat. But when this was lessened, they were put away until they were put away. Makes it sound like a car. Um, until the <laughs> Dominion threat became a fresh problem for Starfleet. Despite initial design flaws, DS9's Miles O'Brien was able to fix the USS Defiant enough to make it ready on a high level. This caused the Federation to start building more ships to follow the USS Defiant, thanks to Miles O'Brien. And thus, the Defiant class was born and put, properly put into service then. These ships are small, Highly powerful and heavily armed. They remain warships, the first ones ever created by Starfleet, 
and were introduced in the year 2371. Um Great, that's disgusting. That's what fifth place. That's one of the few things yeah. I disagree about with you here, um, and I can't spoil it by going down the rest of the list yet. Uh, where would you have put that in the list? Looking down I, the list, I probably would have tossed it up to. I would have been four three. or three or something for me. Yeah, yeah, I would have. I would have put in three, yeah. and we won't say the others until we get there. But yeah, I definitely would have moved it up. I don't understand number yeah. five per se. We, we have you both. Know what? I think. I mm-hmm. think people are thinking, or maybe when they made the list. They were thinking like, well, you know, bigger is more powerful, and I, I it's guess partially from a technical true. standpoint, yeah, but true, it yeah. does. But it, but they have to keep in mind that if you're going on 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 a sh- on on taking the ship as a whole, and ha- in other words, if you were to take all the weapons and you upgraded them and threw them on a on a sovereign class, yeah. okay, now you're talking pretty powerful. Imagine you know. a sovereign class with a pulse phase. Uh, right, sh- all the right, all the stuff, and now the bells and whistles. It, w- it would be a different ship. So yep. if you're looking at it as just the ship as a whole, then you would have to move the Defiant up. I mean, I don't see how you how you could leave it in five. I mean, yep. technically, you could even say you could even if you really wanted to argue the case purely on a ship to ship basis. OK, you might even have to move it up to number two or maybe even number one. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's not to say that, uh, you know, a, a sovereign couldn't take a Defiant out. It would, you know. It, it probably would have some trouble, but the point is, is that it could. But that's not the point. The point is, what's the most powerful ship as a whole? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in you're my not, mind, as a whole, yeah, yeah, it has to be. You're, you're standing it on its own right. You're not saying, oh, it's up against a galaxy class or a sovereign class or right. a or a right. Romulan warbird. You're actually saying, standing alone by itself, how powerful is it? I think this is where this list gets a bit, yeah, wrong. Yeah. Um, the 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 Defiant class for me, I talked about it before. It's in Grain Eye's top five. It's my number one ship. It was two or three for you, mate. Three, maybe? I can't I think it was three for you. Yeah, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. easily in their top five because it's unique. It's unique because it was right. designed to be a warship, which Starfleet don't do, but they had to. They had no choice. Um, Miles O'Brien to the rescue saves the Defiant class because the thing... I don't know which is smaller, that or uh, Akira. It's uh, it's interesting, and they're shaped different. So in terms of like cubic volume, I don't know. They're probably similar. No, the uh, the Defiant is definitely smaller than Akira. It's smaller, but it, the, the 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 Akira is flatter. So I'm turning about like cubic volume. It's, I'm not really sure, but yeah, I agree with you in terms of visually. Uh, Kira is a bit bigger. Um, the Fine class has so much power in it. No wonder it was ripping itself mm-hmm. apart. Miles O'Brien comes in, saves the day, and then it's put into production properly because you see more of them later on in DS9 um, and in other shows as well. Um, for me, without rehashing what I said when we done our favorite starships, because I don't want to repeat myself. Mm-hmm. This ship here would struggle up against, say, like a sovereign or whatnot. But you've got to you've got to base it on what it actually is. Now, its downsides are it's a lot smaller, so it can't take the same kind of pounding. However, what that means there was an episode I don't recall. I'm bad with titles of episodes uh, in DS9 where the Defiant, or was it the Valorant? The Defiant goes up against a Romulan warbird and goes into that... I mean, it's a stupid design for a warbird when you've got those, that empty space in the middle. But it goes in the middle 
and then just like one of those fidget spinners just spins and then goes pew, 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 you know, and absolutely rips it a new one, um, right. which really, really surprised me. But there you go. The warbirds, if they're up against each other, warbird defined like a, de- a decent distance apart and they fired until one was destroyed. Of course, the defiant's going to go first. Um, it's a lot smaller, a lot less mass, but it uses its advantages, which is it's probably one of, if not the most nimblest, fastest ships in this whole list that we do. See that the Akira, I think. So I think it should I think the, be a I, lot higher. I think the Defiant was a lot closer to a fighter. Fighters would be even smaller than the Defiant. Yeah, that's, that's, front, that's front because, line, mate. That's front right. line. Yeah. Right, exactly. But 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 the fighters wouldn't be that much smaller than the Defiant. So the Defiant is kind of like a half. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, your, your fighters and then probably those class of ships behind them. Something mm-hmm. like that, maybe. I don't know. I mean, if you had a line of, let's say, fighters, and then right behind that line you had a line of, of Defiance, that's pretty. And then behind that, a line of Akira's. Holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd be in uh, some trouble. I mean, that would be like that, you know. And then a big old ship firing off the long range stuff in the back of that. It would be like that would be awfully formidable. You've but got the other good thing about the Defiant was that it was because it was so small, it was extremely nimble. Nimble, so it's the most nimble it's going the up list. against a right. Yeah. If it's going up against a warbird, it's going to take some time for a warbird to put it out of commission, and in that time, it's going to put some damage on it. It may not blow it up or something but it's going to put some good damage well, on it before it goes down another good example of that is that we talked about uh, up against the warbird i don't know if you remember the episode in ds9 um i think it was called valorant where the kids that were on the defiant class ship the cadets and nog and jake went on there and they were like incognito because their commander and their captain their crew their senior crew were killed and they took on the fight they went up against that big mass of like Dreadnought, Cardassian-type ship that they were building, um, or Dominion. I think it was a Dominion ship. And the thing was huge. And they went in, and they they did kick its arse quite a lot. But in the end, because it was an inexperienced crew, of course, the ship is only as good as its crew, um, Mm. it was starting to get smashed up, and I think it eventually gets destroyed. But it held its own against a purpose-built, massive warship, much bigger than that, uh, respect. Um, And... The, it's obviously got so it's got shielding it doesn't have secondary shielding I don't think unlike say the Sovereign class yep. but it has yeah. uh, a blade of armour which helps right. I don't know if this Sovereign does I assume it does but I don't recall for sure um, it's got photon torpedoes quantum torpedoes um, the front of the ship was always rumoured to be a separate missile silo the bit the, the little nose bit the giraffe neck that was always rumoured to in the designs by Doug Drexler, I think it was, to send that off like a separate cache of missile or torpedoes to blow something up massively. Never happened. Um, so this thing is packing so much that it should yeah, the, be full yeah, of the list. pulse cannons too. Pulse phaser The cannons. pulse phaser cannons. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, pulse. That was... I love those things. They should be in more starships. It's a little um, bit... It's like phaser machine guns. <laughs> oh, see that? No, it's when you heard it. And, and, then, and then when you see it in 4K... <laughs> When you see those upgrade uh, up um, yeah. upscale sketch and Gray's bought that software, so he's playing about with upscaling as well, having a great time. You just see and hear this thing in 4K, and I'm like, wow! At Paramount, I'll pay you whatever you want. Just do it. I'll pay you. I'll just <laughs> name your price. I don't care. I'll I'll, I'll yeah, take my a, I'll take a, my pension money and give you. That's fine. That's a side <laughs> discussion. We'll we'll have to have maybe on another special. But we, yeah, it's it's do. a it's pretty poor that you you can't get Deep Space Nine or Voyager. 
in, in <sighs> you know at least HD, let alone 4K. How good are the sketches, though, man? That's just oh. I mean, people that's... forget if you go on the, the internet right now and look at YouTube and look up the original episodes, whatever clips or anything. It's all 480p. Let's think about that for a minute. 480p. It's DVD now, course, quality. Back, back, right back then we were like, well, this is great. But now when you're looking at like 1080p being being HD, it's a big difference already to 1080p. Now when you start going to 4K, it's another leap. 1080p you know, is so, the bare minimum. Bare minimum these days. Yeah, and 1080p is more than double the clarity of the original episodes. So right there. Yeah. You know. Well, um, and what 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 uh, Trev was talking about? If you want, if y'all are listening to us or or watching us, uh, go on YouTube and just put in like you know Deep Space Nine Voyage or whatever upscale, uh, and the word Topaz maybe because that's the software, and you'll see a couple of people out there that know what they're doing, and wow, do some of the clips from from Voyager and Deep Space Nine look good? They look really good. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. I was like totally floored. I was going like, whoa! The, I mean, HD and some 4K. Clips. One of the main ones, Gray, is the uh, I can't remember the actual name of the fight. That famous fight in uh, DS9, where you see the Defiant at the front of a big squadron of ships, and I think they were taking on the uh, that's the push for Cardassia, where they're taking out the missile the missile turrets or the torpedo yeah. turrets, and they had to take down the shielding. Remember, the Defiant was key in that. I don't remember the name of it, but it was it was it'll come to me later yeah. on. That was stunning. That in 4K is yeah. just wow. But anyway, yeah, that's, that is another discussion we can leave for another time. Um, we'll move on in the last, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Number four in the last, which um, I would maybe agree with its position here. That is the Galaxy class. Oh, fat boy herself is Grey <laughs> named her. Um, as if the Galaxy class needed any more praise. The USS Enterprise D, flown by Captain Picard and his amazing crew throughout Star Trek The Next Generation, was a member of this class. Uh, the many achievements of Picard and his crew boil down to their tenacity, but the strength of the Galaxy-class Federation starships is not to be ignored. A well-used ship by the Federation during the heavy losses of the Dominion War, the Galaxy-class is a heavy capital ship, that came into being in the mid-2360s. Unlike some of the Federation's other most impressive and powerful ships, the Galaxy class managed to be an all-in-one with the capacity to wage war, but a crew tasked with preventing it. Discovery and war, speed and majesty, the Galaxy class had it all. Galaxy class, mm-hmm. great. Discuss. Thoughts? I, I think it... For what they rated it, I would say four or three, depending on how, you know how we do the other ones. But um, yeah, undoubtedly, the Galaxy class was a huge ship. I mean, the thing was big. Um, the biggest, biggest of all of these that they ever, ever made. Yeah. Um, and when you first saw it on the screen uh, back when TNG first premiered, like especially for me, because after I'd seen TOS and I see this, I'm going like, uh, wow. Did you have a scale <laughs> of size though, Greg? Because you saw it was huge, but then when did you ever see it up against? A constitution class or something smaller for scale you know yeah there's a there's a video out there this one guy does a lot of this stuff where he compares ship sizes so all kinds of things i know who you're talking and you about. can definitely see you can definitely see the size oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, more than twice the size of a constitution class so oh yeah that that's already tells you right there but uh yeah it's a pretty massive ship but it had uh i remember when we first started seeing it in tng the neat thing about it was the phaser array as opposed to phasers coming out of more like a cannon type thing that moved around. Yep. I got like in the other. This was this was a whole array. So the ring that you see in the in the hull, 
was a basically a, almost like a phaser on a on a rail. It's you know traveling along a rail if you want to put it that way. Yeah. And I when I first saw that I was going like wow that's pretty cool because you're sitting there seeing fire phasers off in all different directions, whether yeah. it be from the top of the saucer or the bottom of the saucer, it was still happening. That was pretty cool. Uh, so that was amazing show. when you first saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, a couple of those around are definitely you know. If nothing else, you're going to block a lot of shots because that thing is broad. So <laughs> it's it's wide. For me, this thing, I mean, I'm grateful for it and I'm grateful for the Dominion War because it was great content. And it meant that the uh, the Enterprise D had a second life in Picard where the saucer section yeah. was restored by Jordi uh, and the engine and the secondary, come, secondary hull come from, I can't now name the other starship, but it was the part of a starship during... Uh, the war that actually survived so he put the two together uh, I do this ship went on for a long long time Gray, right decades sure. and start, used by Starfleet for a long time because after TNG you saw it for a while in the Dominion War as well you would see them all the time they were the big beefy ships at the back and nothing would take them out. So that's why the Gem Hadar would go on kamikaze runs to literally take it out, like go right for the nacelle and blow the thing up in one go. Because mm. these little ships couldn't take this out. You'd have to concentrate so much firepower in this thing to try and take it out because it's so big. It's literally huge. They stopped making starships that big after that, uh, for the most part, because they knew it wasn't practical. I mean, this thing had a crew of like hundreds. Was it not like a thousand plus? It was over a thousand. thousand. Yeah. Well, also, families. it was meant to carry families, right? Yeah, Which is the bonkers, first man. ship that ever did that. It's bonkers. They, they, yeah, when they went for, with the newer ships that we're going to talk about, they, they, they took out the family thing. Wasn't a Only good idea. The galaxy was carrying the families around. Wasn't a good idea. I mean, if, <laughs> if, I mean if you're purely going on Discovery, yes, it's fine. You know, bring your family along because you're up for a long time. Okay, cool. Uh, but if you're going to be going in any kind of real battle, you're not going to want the family along. In case you lose the ship, you lose your whole family. That doesn't work. No, it doesn't um, work. It no. doesn't work. It's... I mean, I, I would think a, a, a Galaxy class could carry, even though we never really saw it, could carry a lot of fighters. And it could probably carry, you know, like a, maybe a dozen uh, Defiant class well, all that, inside it. That's a good point. Because it was never designed for that, it never had that to my understanding maybe some ships were retrofitted during the dominion war to have that but because it was designed to be an all-in-one ship it wouldn't have had that which makes sense it's you don't design it but when gray you touch uh, touching a point you mentioned before when gray's talking about going from tos to tng and you see the difference between the two and it's completely different in so many ways it's became the standard blueprint for that whole era. When you talk about TNG era, you think of that kind of ship now and other ships that came from it that looked kind of similar-ish. The, the phaser arrays were genius. That was the next evolution. Have an arc, sure. like a railgun on an on a arc going all the way around and you would see that they could literally hit any point in space because they had this one ring at the bottom, one ring at the top. They probably had s smaller strips on the secondary hull as well. The thing, the thing is, because this was a little bit further back, it didn't have secondary shielding that I'm aware. It didn't have a blade of armor, yeah. that stuff. It was just sheer mass, but the shields were powerful. I remember that about it, mate. Yeah. Remember the difference in shields between TOS era and TNG era? And I don't know if that mm. was by design or on purpose, but TOS, the shields literally almost hugged the ship, which is not yeah. great. 
is not smart because when you pummel the shields, you're that close to the hull, it's going to cause damage. So later on, they decided in TNG, we'll make it a shield bubble, which takes right. more power, but it means no vibration, shock is going to go through and absolutely smash the ship inside. So it had strong shields. I think that was why it was so defensive, Gray. It was so strong because it took a lot. I mean, the Dura sisters literally had to use Geordi to bypass the shields because it was that strong. And even then, it took several direct torpedoes to even kick off the, the, the chain yeah. reaction that blew up. So one solid, tough cookie. Old fat boy yourself. Uh, always loved that I, ship. One of the things I thought was cool too is i read that i believe it's canon but i had read that uh, uh when they created the shield bubble there was also secondary shields that did hug the ship hmm. so you basically had your bubble that was the strongest shield if you lost that you still had a, a, sh- a shield that would hug the ship but, but it wouldn't be nearly as powerful good point but it would get you but it would get you a few more minutes of survival maybe or whatever that's a very good point gray i think don't quote me I don't think it's a galaxy class. I think it's another class of ship that we're about yeah. to touch on next that has the same, that very thing. Now that you've said that, when we get to it in a moment, I'll explain what I mean by that one there. So, yeah, old fat boy there, love the ship. Abs- thing is, right, one other thing I want to say about it is, and it makes sense, in TNG and the movies, it was never that nimble. Because of the sheer size of the thing, it doesn't make sense. These ships are not designed. Physics are a thing, even in Star Trek. Uh, it's not supposed to be that nimble. So that's why I don't have many nitpicks about Star Trek Car Season 3. One of them I had, that it's a very small nitpick, and I throw it out immediately when I saw the scenes that I saw were bloody brilliant. It's when not only Data took charge of the ship, but also Beverly after as well, and it's Data's taking it through the Borg ship, and it's going weaving and ducking like, like, a, like a Defiant. And I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm, nah, yeah. I'm sorry, nah, you're... you're Gray agrees with me this one as well. We talked yeah. about this. It's too far-fetched. However, a little too, yeah. I think they could have one line again. Jordan could have said, well, yeah, I've been working on it and it's an old ship, but I've put some modern touches to it in terms of thrusters, maneuverability and whatnot. And then we would have maybe slightly bought it again. It's what we Gray and I always say. That one line of dialogue will save you so much pain later okay. on. You know, and I, so. think, I think if they had not exaggerated those scenes that much we could have we could have let it go in other words if you had in other words if you took the scene right and you slowed it down like 50 percent, let's say okay now i can kind of accept that it's doing it but it's kind of doing it like that yeah as opposed to like zipping around like it's a defiant class or something but this is i mean it's a a minor nitpick but still it was that bloody great that that's why i let it pass immediately because it was brilliant to look at i forgot about my ocd for a moment the only i think the positive thing is that the only person that could have pulled that off was Data because he's an android and he's got that finesse that maybe he can literally manoeuvre it and push buttons quick enough for it to respond to the right input. So yeah, I, I'm touching, I'm nitpicking here, I'm touching the cloth. I'm trying to spare them the, their blushes. But... There's another thing too, when you had mentioned physics, if you want to think about it a little bit too, even though the, the ships obviously had artificial gravity, but that, does, that doesn't matter. The point is, is that if a ship that size was able to move that nimble, you would be tossing the people around on the inside of the ship all over the place, regardless of whether they're strapped down or not. That's going to be a lot of like, whoa. I mean, try to take a big ship and move it that fast. It's going to, you're going to have problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and the TNG crew or the actors are seasoned pros at 
going like this for, <laughs> for acting. Like, hey, but even they would struggle. It's a good point, Craig. It's these... The, the, the initial dampeners must have been top-notch, like literally not Walmart quality, whatever. What's what's the opposite <laughs> of Walmart quality in terms of really good American stuff? Uh, Tiffany Class or something. Tiffany, I they, I've heard of Tiffany Class initial dampeners. You've heard it here first, right? Um, but yeah, yeah, physics. You can imagine they start using these now in, in the nomenclature. Well, this ship's equipped with Tiffany Class. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Wow. And how do you know that? Well, here's their logo right here on the ship. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, other stores are uh, available. Uh, we're not Tiffany's or Walmart yes. fanboys or fangirls. <laughs> uh, so we'll move on. Uh, I do love this ship. Uh, just do not let uh, Deanna Troy fly it. And that's not a female thing. That's a Deanna Troy <laughs> thing. Do not let her fly it. Um, number three on the list. Could have been slightly higher again. I think this could be number okay. two, and when we get to number two, you understand why. Because I, uh, well, 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 I'll save myself yeah, for number yeah, two. Yeah. Number three is the Sovereign class. Um, yeah, great ship. Well, yeah, it's the sexiest ship in the list by a country belt, in my opinion. The Sovereign yep. class was a follow-up to Galaxy class in many ways. Uh, this includes the fact that Picard's follow-up ship, the USS Enterprise E, was a member of the Sovereign class. Judging solely from the abilities of the Enterprise E to take down the Borg cube it destroyed in Star Trek First Contact. It's safe to say the Sovereign class was a worthy update to the Galaxy class, smaller in design and released in the early 2370s. The Sovereign class was a major upgrade from previous classes in terms of warfare, including photon and quantum torpedoes, as well as a large volume of phaser banks. Should uh, the Sovereign class be number three, Gray? What do you think? Do you like it? Um, I could see it being number two. Yeah. You know, as well. I mean, you know, it, it, it's an awfully powerful ship, especially for a size of a ship. It's, yes, it was smaller by the, uh, than the Galaxy class, but not by much. Yeah. Um, yeah true. You true. know, and stuff. The, the Galaxy class may have been a wider ship, and the, the, the Sovereign was more sleek. That's longer I think the as reason, well. Uh, if you go back and look at one of our old uh, broad, uh, uh, podcast things that we did when we Trevor and I took our favorite ships, that was my favorite. Uh, yeah. Sovereign was a night was he was a great ship. I mean, because it was it was, was that not more... number two for you, Grace. Sorry, no, it was number two. Uh, no, I think it was your favorite. One or two. A was a favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they but the but the E took on the, the some of the uh, uh, looks of the of the A seventeen oh one A and uh, the Galaxy class and kind of meshed them together. It's so that. now you got. And it did look really good because you had the size, the power, but the sleekness, and the uh, placement of the of the uh, nacelles and all that stuff, which is more similar to the seventeen hundred one A. I think they were smart when they made that ship uh, in the movies and stuff because they said we need something that's going to be, you know, looking like the seventeen hundred one A did, but something that's going to be more modern. And I think they really outdid themselves when they came up with the with the Sovereign class. Nice ship. There's also a scene, you remember uh, one of the better scenes uh, of a starship, you know, flying in, I believe it was in First Contact, when the fly, when the, when the Defiant was being battered or whatever with by the Borg, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there comes this massive sovereignty, just goes right in front of the Defiant to take the brunt of the of the shooting, and I'm just like, whoa, and you just had to, like, step back for a second when you, when you saw it. It, it saved my a- baby from getting ruined again. Right. <laughs> and Worf was on the Defiant, I believe. Yeah, yeah. The Inter- we got we got a starship coming in. It's the Enterprise, and he stands up all yes, and then and then, on, and then on the bridge of the Enterprise, and he sees uh, 
uh, and he sees Riker. Riker's like, you can take, do you take phasers? And he's like, do remember how to fire phasers? And Worf gave him the look that would kill a thousand soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Just before the Enterprise showed up, it was kind of like, you know, the usual. It was almost Worf. ruined. This is, this is a good day to die. But hey, hey, there's a flo- flo- throwback to my baby, the Defiant. The, it was holding her own yeah. for a long time, oh, yeah. ducking sure. and weaving, sure. and it takes a lot for the Borg to hit that we- whatever weapon a Borg has. No one knows. Uh, but yeah, the Sovereign class was, in my list, it was number three because I had Defiant, Enterprise A, and then Enterprise uh, right. E. And on Gray's right. list, it was number two, I think. Uh, so we, yeah. we, we 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 think very similar in terms of what we like, what we don't like. This ship is my old friend Jim from back in the day would say, it's sex on the cells. Not sex and legs, sex on the cells. Because <laughs> it was a gorgeous looking ship. Now, the thing we were talking about before, about secondary shielding, that's what I was meaning before. When Gray mentioned that, it made a lot of sense. That class of ship, I know, does have secondary shielding. Um, and it's probably what Gray just discussed. It has the traditional uh, shield bubble. It's main shielding, and if that fails, it comes back to... In fact, you see it a lot in uh, the one against uh, Shinzon Nemesis. Um, you see it mm-hmm. getting battered a lot. Like, the shields, it was they were shooting at the, sh- the hull a lot, and it was taking damage, what looked like, to the hull, and you see the ripple effect of the shields... So I don't know, maybe yeah. that's the second layer. I don't know. I don't pretend to be an expert. Um, be. It was fast. One of the fastest, in fact, it was the fastest ship at the time when it came out. Very, because of its sleek uh, outfit, very, very good. It had the curved uh, angular nacelles that, that all mm-hmm. ships now have because of Voyager was the one one of the first ones to have the nacelles that went up and down. That was, again, from TNG, that episode where they literally blew themselves up, the brother and sister, to prove a point that going high warp ruins subspace. I really love that episode. Very powerful. Um, so now you see Angular. I think the designers didn't want to have extra CGI budget of nacelles doing this all the time. So they just put them on angle all the time, more sleek. And it was, in terms of its warp profile, a lot more sleeker. Mm-hmm. Um, I I believe it did have a blade of armor. That was the standard of ships like that going forwards. Um, so many phaser banks. I mean, wow! When it's trying to hit the uh, the the Shinzon ship, I can't remember the name of it. Um, when Picard goes, you know, just fire, free, fire, you know, free for all, uh, and then you literally see it on a three hundred sixty degree arc, like firing constantly round. And that's with yeah. phaser strips, not the 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 defiant uh, f- uh, what they called photon phase. I don't know whatever they're called. Cannons, the cannons, something like that. Yeah. So and then it had the photons, the quantum's. Um, it was actually pretty maneuverable for a ship of its size, I believe, Gray. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this it, it is it is it is literally a gorgeous ship, and it has this bloody joystick at the. You can fly with a joystick, man. <laughs> Riker done it. Quick, quick, get your controllers out. Get your controller out. Have you played much Atari? Yes. Okay, I'll be fine then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, back in my Atari days. Um, and obviously, it held its own very well against Shinzon ship. Uh, Shinzon ship was designed for war. It was this sovereign class is not, but still very powerful. It held its own so so well against Shinzon ship. And if Shinzon ship hadn't cloaked. It may have been a, a 50-50 fair fight, but we don't yeah. do cloaking. 
Well, not at this time. Later on, we do. So, yes. Well, the, no, wait a minute. The fine cloak. Yeah, that the was a was one-off rare exception. That was a loan only in the beta quadrant for uh, inside knowledge, uh, intel uh, from beta quadrant to go back to the Romulans, and the Romulan officer was always on board the defiant. Well, for a while, and then she buggered off. Like, she must have trusted him. Well, after a while, you didn't see her more because it was always that one officer or a officer that was there to man it. Um, right. Which, that's random, great. It reminds me of the... Uh, one of Thor's species, uh, the, the Thor in Stargate, I can't remember the name of his species, but there would always be one of those grey-looking dudes on uh, one of the Earth ships in Stargate that manned the uh, as, as Asgard, manned the Asgard hyperdrive. They always had one of their guys there. It was like, we don't quite trust you, you're human beings. You may wreck everything, so we'll just have someone, just in case. Uh, but anyway, sorry, going off in different tangents. So yeah, beautiful right. ship, we love it. Uh, I could talk more about it, but we 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 do want to finish this before Christmas and New Year. <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, so number two um, on the list. Now this is now wait, interesting. Before, oh. before you go to number two, I'm gonna oh. kind of call out Game Rant here because when okay. I saw number two, oh, I, I need to three. say what number two is before you rant about it. No, okay, yeah. Let me read out the blurb, and right. then you can rant. Is it this one you want to rant about? No, 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 no. Don't even read the blurb yet, and right. I'll tell you okay. why. Okay. Number two says Curiosity Class. Ah, oh, for crying out loud. Okay, first of all, it was an Odyssey Class ship. I don't know where they got the Curiosity Class from. So this is a, a faux pas uh, right there. So it is not a, not a, a, not a, 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 it's an Odyssey Class ship. It is not Curiosity Class. I'm like, what the hell is a Curiosity Gray, Class? Gray, I thought the same thing as I was reading ahead. I thought... I recall it being Odyssey from the game and from Star Trek Picard season two. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's always been Odyssey. So I'm going like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, I think that the blur probably holds that they wrote about it holds true, but it's just not a Curiosity class. So, I you can go ahead now if you want to read it, but it's just I'm looking at it and going like, huh? What? Wait a minute. Hang on, I'm I'm just curious. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I already, I, was, I already, yeah. I looked it up already. I saw you typing away. Um, uh, I'm just 100% checking because, uh, yeah, they've 100% made a mistake there. So, no, glad we we cleared that up. I don't know a lot about this ship, but I'll, I'll read the little blurb out and we'll, we'll see what's what. So, yeah, uh, it is the Odyssey class in, in number two. This ship has only recently made its entrance in the Star, in the Star Trek universe. Um, mm-hmm. It was uh, inter- yeah, yeah, introduced in Star Trek Picard Season 3 as a new wave of Federation starship. Released initially in 2389, ships such as the USS Odyssey and the Ma- and the USS Majid, Majid, uh, yeah, something like that. So I'm thinking it's a Eastern name there. I, I'm not really sure about that. Um, are included in this class, which was pr- uh, primarily meant to replace the Asian Galaxy class vessels. I mean. To be fair, surely that came after the Sovereign, so that doesn't make sense. Uh, a mix between a heavy cruiser <coughs> and an explorer ship, the Curiosity class will be able to do everything that the previous Enterprise ships uh, were able to do. Ready for diplomatic missions, discovery missions, and if all else fails, combat missions as well. The Curiosity class, uh, sorry, Odyssey class, is the next uh, generation of Starfleet technology which pushes beyond anything seen in the Star Trek outside the new season of Discovery, which is fair enough. Discovery so far in the future, they've got ships that look like bloody... Yeah, you can't even... They, they look count. like gardens, like literally they're bonkers. Um, 
So, uh, I'll, I'll quickly go first on this one, Greg, because I've got some fresh thoughts in my head. So, the main poster child of this one, and you don't know it until Picard Season 3, uh, is the Enterprise F, which looks on paper like the next logical iteration of flagship of uh, Enterprise, because it looks right. most close, it looks most similar to the Enterprise E. And I get what it says in the blurb, it is the next evolution, it looks more like the E, but it is packed more to the gills with uh, technology and defence. So it was like trying to blend the, the, the D and the E together, and that's what you've mm-hmm. got, because it looks more like the E, but it's bigger than the E, I believe. Um, yeah. We don't see this much at all. We It was made in Star Trek Online, the game, and Star Trek, the show, the TV show, has now been dipping into the game more often for designs, which is great. I'm glad they're working together. It makes sense. Um, and they took this idea, they tweaked it slightly, and they teased it Picard so much. Like You'll see at least two Enterprises. Like, oh, wow. And then you see this. We never saw this anywhere near enough great. It was like, a, excuse my French people, it was like a cock tease uh, for Starships. Mm-hmm. You saw it briefly, and then it got... Did it, did it get blown up? I don't recall. I don't think it did. No, it's the one that got. It was. It was Admiral Shelby uh, was leading it out right. for the for the two hundred fiftieth anniversary of the founding of the Federation. Blah blah blah. Right. And it gets just it it, it 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 was some. I can't remember the battle, but it was a battle uh, where it was damaged beyond repair. I think it was more not physical, but internal damage in terms of systems and whatnot. It was never quite the same, so they got rid of it. Um, but we don't see much. It's a crying shame. It's like the Enterprise yeah. B and C. The Enterprise B and C, especially, both of them were dull starship. I never liked them, um, so I'm glad. But this looks brilliant, and we get to see nothing of it, Grace. So by all means, take right. it away, mate. What do you know about it? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? I mean, I I, I like the ship itself. I think it's a really neat looking class ship. I, unfortunately, we didn't really get to see it do much. Now, if you were a player of Star Trek Online. Uh, the ship was in there far more than than it was in the TV, so I guess you could enjoy it, you know, in the game. But as far as seeing it on TV or movies, we didn't see a lot of it. But it looks like a pretty impressive ship uh, yeah. to me, and I really did. And I think the styling was still closer to the E, although I prefer the E still. But it's still yeah. much closer to the E than you know anything. Um, yeah. And so, so it was a good ship. I mean, I would assume just what little bit we do know that it was a good ship. I mean. Again, we'd only knew so much, and we actually at least got to see it fly because everybody wanted to see us the 1701F, and they stuck it in Picard for a short time. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, it uh, ended up meeting a fate or whatever, or Shelby made meeting her fate. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yes. In uh, Picard, we're not really doing any spoilers because Picard season three has been out for a while. Now. Um, yeah, that's fair. But in any case, uh, I like I like the ship a lot. I don't, you know, I don't know. It, I don't know if I would rank it number two like they did, and maybe that's only because I we didn't get to see it much. But if you're gonna go by canon, I guess mm, it'd still be a little rough for me. I I think I would have put the Odyssey class in three and kept and made and kept the uh, Sovereign at two, or something like that, you know. Because I just don't. Not that I'm not saying the Odyssey doesn't isn't powerful. I just think the E. I mean the uh, Sovereign class would have to be a little above that. In my list, anyway. Do you think part of that, Gray, is because you saw more of the Sovereign class where you didn't see much of the F, so that didn't help well, at all? Right, I think I think that's part of it, for sure. Um, 
but I also think that even in the description where they say, well, it was part, you know, discovery, it could be part, you know, other things. And then, and also it could be combat too. But the, but the sovereign class was obviously made more for combat. It's not that yeah. you couldn't do discovery missions on it. Yes, of course. But it was obviously made for war, for uh, more for war. So if you're going to look at it that way and you are going by the fact that it's, this is a list of powerful ships, then I, I don't see how you would put the Odyssey at number two. You got to drop it down. Yeah. And, and put the uh, sovereign class up there a little more. I mean, I, my my opinion. I'm not. I have to agree with that. I don't pretend to know a lot about the ship for the reasons we just said before, which is a shame because this thing was supposed to be really powerful. Um, mm. I can't even really see much information online about what kind of technology and weapons it had, but you can make the fair assumptions that it's it's just an upgrade on what was there before. Um, mm. I think it did have. Uh, shields that could literally recharge themselves from what I can see at the moment. A lot of rechargeable and a lot of secondary systems as well to beef it up. Obviously the usual things like a blade of armor but a standard uh, photon and quantum standard uh, multiple phaser arrays as well. Fast as hell because um, the latest ship like that usually is the fastest. Uh, but yeah we don't we generally don't see it much at all. Um, it does look looking at it it looks, it, it does look pretty gorgeous. It's not as gorgeous as the E because they're trying to put a bit of Enterprise D into it, so it's going to take yeah. away some of her looks. But she's nimble, she's fast, she's good, um, and shame we never got to see more of her. But it is what it is. So maybe one day, who knows? Maybe one day, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we never saw much of the B and C. The B that went back to. Oh, the, the- in the, the movies, met a, in an early fate. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the C came back in TNG, but there was a. It made sense that they had to bypass it because it was the next generation, so they had to evolve past the TOS era to get to new classes of starship. But that's right. why they done it, and obviously they can go back in the stories. The Enterprise C, I don't like the Enterprise C. It's a, it's a bit of an ugly ship, but the stories in TNG that, that was in were brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant. Loved them. Tasha Yard going back in time, blah, blah, blah. Great, brilliant, love it. Um, so, yeah, we'll go number one. We'll go number one. I am not agreeing with number one at all. I'm pissed off about it, no. and we'll explain why. But let me tell you what it is and read the blurb. It's the USS Vengeance. That might not be immediately familiar to your eye, your ears. It's a Dreadnought-class ship purposely built for war, right? Um and it's from the Kelvin universe. This is why I don't agree with it mostly. So the blurb is, <laughs> the USS Vengeance seen in Star Trek Into Darkness is a very special case. You could say that, definitely. Despite the technology being old in comparison to many ships uh, in the next generation and other shows, this was one of the few Federation ships ever made purely for war. With the unholy pact that can made uh, helping to design the ship, and its heightened intellect, Starfleet was able to create, secretly create, one of the largest and most sing, uh, most destructive forces in Starfleet history. Whether this is actually more powerful than starships created over 100 years later is hard to say for certain. We'll come back and that because that's an interesting point. Yeah. But Starfleet has yet to put any ships together that is so brutally focused on combat. And that's true to this day, even in the main uh, universe. Um, the capability of this ship to be armed and operated by a single man is also a terrifying notion. It enables one person to go rogue and operate one of the most deadly forces in the universe alone. 
if not for the quick thinking that enabled the crew of the rebooted Enterprise to destroy it from within, with a huge payload of torpedoes teleported to the inside, this ship might uh, might never have been beaten. Gray, I'll let you have the first rant on this one. Okay, the first rant is Kelvin Universe, and that almost is you don't have to say anything else. Eh, Kelvin <laughs> Universe, we don't like it. Gone, no. goodbye, blow it all up, we hate it. <laughs> so, And we hate the looks of the ships, I'm sorry. The, the Enterprise and the Kelvin Universe, talk about Fat Boy. I mean, I like the D. I mean, the D is a good ship. Is it a little wide? Yeah, it's a little wide, and we and we lovingly call it Fat Boy. But the but the Enterprise and the Kelvin truly was Fat Boy with this overgrown, fat-looking nacelles and, and the... And the, and the uh, the strut that connected the nacelles instead of being a nice straight line kind of thing, it was like this curved thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh, this, thing, this thing was ugly. Yeah. And then they come out with the vengeance, which made no sense, and the whole thing with Khan, which made also no sense. And I don't think you're going to create a ship that powerful that that technically, a uh, hundred years before, if you were to kind of try to compare them, uh, before the Class D came out in the in their Prime universe, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's. It's too much for, for to believe. And to be honest with you, this ship should never have been put on the list. It should have been a side honorable mention. Yeah. Saying like, oh, by the way, this was a ship, you know, but not from the Prime Universe. And they would mention it. Okay, mention it. But it's not, it shouldn't be in the main list. It should just be an honorable mention at the most. That's fair. You know, and stuff. So, so to put it in here at all is totally ridiculous. So that would drop this list down to the top five, not the top six. Or you would have to find something else more worthy to put into the the spot to make it, you know, six again. But to me, this whole list is ridiculous. I would just knock out the vengeance and call it a top five list. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've done a top five before, so it makes sense to me. Um, And and, and also being operated by one man. Give me a break. I mean, I understand the concept and 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 they're going like, well, you know, wow, operated by one man. This is like and I get the idea. It's just but it's. To me, is a little too far fetched for one guy to do this. I mean, come on, it's just you know, I don't know. It just didn't make it didn't make good. Uh, what would you call it? It didn't make good TV motion picture sense. You know, to me, when you're making a movie, it's just one no. guy. What? Uh, what's the chap that J.J. Um, Abrams? Blame him because yeah. this ship and those ships in the Kelvin universe were ugly because they tried to keep kind of a good chunk of the original design of course they did but they beefed it up flared it out it had i mean literally it was jj abrams said this himself i wanted to make an enterprise uh you know like a hot rod enterprise so then the cells were big and chunky and they had fins on them I'm like what the what yeah and you see this right so basically right when i put the link in go to it if you you probably remember the ship but it's the one that uh, peter weller right I mean, how funny would it have been if he was at the front as the Admiral, but in Robocop outfit and not... Robocop. Oh, <laughs> Robocop flying the USS Vengeance, I would have lost my shit. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> and the rest of the crew are all Robocops too. Uh, like, hey, uh, but yeah, this ship, when you see it, you go and have a look at it, right? What it looks like, it looks like the Enterprise, original Enterprise from the Kelvin Universe but beefed up ma- massively. It's got the same kind of silhouette, same outline with the two nacelles at the angle, the main saucer and the secondary uh, hull and whatnot. It's all black because, I mean, no shit, Sherlock. That was one of the few smartest things they've done 
make it right. black because space is black. I mean, you, you look out your window, you have sensors, I can see a ship. You know, you can't see this, it's black, it blends in. So that was smart. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't even, right. I don't, I mean, I understand the black part of it, but to be honest, it really takes away from the ship. Coco. Yeah, okay, I get it. Black, it's space. You we know, hear, we blah, hear blah, baby blah. Coco. He's got a puppy called Coco. Yeah, I, she's, somebody is she's not happy. She um, if you need a moment, great, it's fine. Do me, yeah, do me a favor, pause. One sec, one sec. Apologies, guys. Uh, Gray has some issues there. The dog's going nuts. People are coming out to do yep. his roof, and the dog, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't go past Coco first for approval. So if Coco doesn't approve them, they don't get in. But it's all good. Well, She's I, doing her. What I did was <laughs> I opened the door and let uh, Coco rip their legs off. But you know, yeah. everything's fine now. She's a good guard dog. <laughs> She's really small, but then you know, size is nothing. Um, so yeah, no apologies. Small little pause there for a moment. Um, but yeah, we're 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 almost done anyway. We're just talking about USS Vengeance. Uh, how how crap it is. However, I, I, I like to try and be impartial wherever possible. Grace. So looking at it. Of course, we said, you know, paint it black, it blends in more. Of course, I wish they would do that with more ships. Um, it's got where the deflector is. This makes sense. Smart. When it goes into battle mode, or basically when it's not a warp, it literally closes and that up so that it's not a point uh, of vulnerability, which is smart. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. The thing didn't have a blade of armor back then because it wasn't a thing, but it was right. just it was just thick, thick uh, hull bulk literally that made up this thing and it was huge it was literally two three times the size of the the tos uh kelvin universe ship it was massive the enterprise was getting absolutely pummeled if you remember that movie it wasn't standing a chance it had the uh it was like a cross between normal phasers great and the pulsed phasers from the defiant mm -hmm. so they were like it was it was like more like um I think like more like TOS actually and still it, it had phasers coming out of one spot but they were like little miniature I don't know the terminology they weren't it wasn't a thin strip it had that as well it wasn't a, a, a single beam it was multiple attacks and they were ripping the Enterprise a new one uh, of course if it wasn't for the Enterprise crew thinking smart let's go inside and blow up from inside that makes sense the thing Gray of um, being flown by one person is a bit silly. However, with the right technology and redundancies and automation, yeah, that can be done. But oh yeah, I mean they they had yeah, uh, if you totally remember on TOS they had Nomad, and Nomad yeah. basically was operating the ship by itself. I'm not saying it can't be done, but not, now I'm now I'm going off of 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 maybe what could be reality and talking about uh, TV and motion picture enjoyment. There's things you got to do to enjoy something. In other words, if you were to make a movie, uh, Star Trek, and you painted every ship in the, in the entire Starfleet black, and you taped all, and you painted all the enemy ships black and everything else black, the whole movie would be boring as hell because you couldn't see anything. <laughs> I think mean, like, that's a ship. Ships, all you would see is little phaser fire, you know, and you go like, who's hitting what? <laughs> you imagine you go Wrath of Khan, like the best Star Trek movie, you see every, the ships are black and all you see is like, Oh, no, of course, of course. You can't even tell what's going on. I'm glad that's a one-off, man. That's all I'm saying. I'm glad it's a one-off. Yeah. Visually, I don't think it looks too bad. If you put aside the bias of the Kelvin universe, right, which I understand, I have it as well, mm -hmm. and you think of one man going nuts making a secret, and he's an admiral, making a secret ship uh, being the most powerful thing that could exist, I would imagine something like that. And that's TOS there. That's really impressive. To put that up against a ship now... See, and just this is 
a hype, uh, it's just me uh, guessing here. I've no evidence at all for this. If this was up against a normal standard TNG ship, right? Mm-hmm. It might win. It might win. But if it was up against like a flagship, like a, a sovereign or something, you know, then maybe not. Uh, technology would right. beat it then, you know. But the thing is, beefy, bulky, and it's fast as hell. It caught up with Enterprise and overtook it. Uh, it warped really, really bloody fast, this thing. Um, and just humongous. But no, it wasn't, I wasn't a massive fan of this ship. It should never have existed. But it did. Uh, they shouldn't have put it in a list, I don't think. But yeah, Dreadnought class makes sense. It literally is. I don't know if it's officially mm-hmm. its class, but we'll call it that because that's what they call it. So, um, sure. The list is interesting, Gray. Uh, I agree with some of it. I don't agree with others. The Vengeance should never be anywhere in the list. And they made a boo-boo with the Curiosity class. It's actually the Odyssey class. Maybe the order should have been up and down with a couple of other ships, but... I mean, I think if I was... You've got to redo this list. I four ships should be in that. Four ships should be in that. Great, Akira, Defiant, yeah. Galaxy, and Sovereign should be in that list. But Curiosity shouldn't have made it in there because we don't know, know enough yeah. about it. That's just stupid. And Vengeance is based on a universe that uh, Gray wants to go and set a match to. So right. exactly, <laughs> I think I would probably because we don't know enough about it, etc. And from the description, I would have put the Odyssey class probably down like at number five. Forget six. Or even in the list. Uh, Maybe not even in it. No, I, I would throw it in there only because it is supposed to be what it's supposed to be. So, okay, fine. It's supposed to be. So you put it at five. And we then saw I would nothing. probably put, again, going from purely from a one ship, uh, what we saw before, a single ship power, um, I would probably put the Define either one or two, put the Sovereign either one or two, um, and then the Galaxy class, and then the Akira and then the Odyssey, something like if, that. If you're accepting the Kelvin Universe, which none of us are, if you're accepting the Kelvin Universe, then the USS Vengeance is number one. I hate to say it, man. The thing is literally, like, it's like the Enterprise going to the gym and doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, but on that's, steroids I, and whatnot. I don't even think that's a valid argument because if it's just, because if it's in more in the TOS era, even though it was Kelvin, um, if you put it up against a Defiant, class or you put it up against a, an e it's gonna it's gonna tear it up because it's not it's not made for that it it, well technology, technology yeah technology that's what i said that was my point earlier on technology is an element yeah. uh but it yeah. still has very powerful powerful phasers many of them yeah. and powerful photon torpedoes and a lot of uh shielding and and, and mass itself so i don't know these these are this is for a fan edit to do to go in and actually make this the fans oh, do like this all the time let, let me throw something at you if we yeah. were gonna go with a ship that that technically isn't isn't in canon per se okay there was the episode um uh i believe it was the last episode of tng where the appearance of Riker and a galaxy class oh with a shot in the cell with bird in a cell and also hey they had a phaser lance you remember that yes so so that actually could have been a a, a more of a of a of a uh, dreadnought class ship a lot of people were calling it a dreadnought not i hate that ship of a passion class. I know I understand, it, but but from the standpoint of a warship, yeah, right, you're right, that's your what point it was. Is solid. Yep. Okay, it, then I would have put that ship in in this list and not and taken out the uh, the vengeance, and put that one in there because at that time, you know, more in the 24th century, it was the most powerful Te- ship we had seen. Technically, the Kelvin universe is canon. Great, I don't agree with that. I know what you're saying. Uh, uh, I don't yeah. like it either, mate. But I, 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 I them, them, well, them, can, I don't it, make up yeah, the rules. But you, 
it's canon of a different universe, and we don't accept yeah, it's, that. It's the multiverse. So. It's the multiverse. You know, um, I, I but think the whole multiverse has been so overdone. It's gray, like, gray made it's a crack. Crazy. You make a cracking point, my friend. The three in the cells is ugly as hell. At least put four on it. The Stargazer, yeah. it's the symmetrical thing. Uh, the three in the cells make it look... I just think of Doctor Strange with the third eye and right at the end of the Doctor Strange 2. <laughs> yeah. Just weird. And the big yeah. phaser lance underneath just looks like the Enterprise D with a penis. Uh, it just... It's just, just... What? What? It's hanging there underneath. Oh, anyway, sorry. I mean, I, if, you, if you're going to have a phaser lance, I would rather you see... Fi- you, I would rather you fire a actual lance, maybe. You know what I mean? Like fire some... Or a railgun like or something. Yeah, 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 something like that, or yeah. or 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 a long torp. It would look like a long torpedo or a harpoon, right? Yeah, now that yeah. would be cool. You fire off a, a. Imagine this big ass harpoon thing coming at you, like whoa! <laughs> like, true, true, true. That's a cool. That's a good point. Great, it's a good point. Um, listen, we're going to wrap up there. I'm surprised yep. we're getting over an, uh, over an hour out of this, but you you know us, Green Eye can talk nonsense for a long time, so. It is what it good is. Sense. It's good nonsense. Um, good, no, of course it's good nonsense. You you and I think so. Um, we'll probably come back in a couple of weeks again for another special. Uh, we'll see what's on, on the idea sheet. If you have an idea, though, for a special Star Trek you want to, to discuss anything, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it and we'll consider it. Uh, let's not forget the, kind of, the housekeeping there. I should, probably should have done it at the start. Um, we are doing specials every two or three weeks until... Uh, Probably yeah, it'll be I, season five of Discovery. I can't see um, season two of Prodigy coming out before then, but probably April we'll keep doing specials. So get your ideas in there. Uh, Grey does, mm-hmm. of course, uh, GGR. Um, life's gotten away. We haven't been able to do it for six weeks, two months, but we will be doing that after the uh, holiday break. Um, and you can catch him at Grey's Green Room um, on uh, YouTube on the Twitters and uh, also wherever you listen to your podcast. And of course we are available to listen to if you don't want to see these ugly mugs, but why wouldn't you? Um, and then last but not least, don't forget we do uh, still do the gaming pod with our friend Nick. We'll, the link is below for the discord. And the reason I plug that is because as well as doing a gaming pod every week, we have rooms for everything. I've got Star Trek one in there for Trekway. Gray's got an entertainment room in there for GGR, plus all the gaming chat. It's, it's one stop to talk about everything. Come in and talk about the Trekway there, or to Gray and I about the entertainment stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything for now. Uh, thank you to everyone that's list, uh, listening and watching. And thank you to my colleague and friend, Gray. And we'll just say goodbye then. Uh, until then, Gray, do your thing. Live long and prosper, everybody. Boy. Bye. Bye-bye.